Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Weekly Exchange. This week in Borex and Strategy Game News, we have updates on Stellaris, Planetfall, ISG, Star Sector, and much, much more. Hey, Troy, welcome to the show. Hey, it's good to be here. I heard you had a busy week. Yeah, I needed a vacation for my vacation, but I guess that wasn't in the cards. So instead of getting a vacation, I'm working earlier. Awesome. It's all good. It's all good. You know, I feel I feel really appreciated and in demand. So there is that. What about you? How was your week? Um, kind of busy. Yeah, I had a kind of a busy week, Um, but, you know, a good weekend. Uh, spent some time with family and stuff like that, so it's been really good. But That's uh, let's go ahead and get on with the show. And we got a couple of news items real quick for Age of Wonders. The first one's about Age of Wonders 3. This past week it was given away for free for a few days. And if you missed it for free, like um, they uh, they gave uh, they were handing out um, 10% discounts too for Age of Wonders Planetfall Premium Edition. Oh, so, nice, nice. Like, while Age of Wonders 3 was free, you could get a discount on Planetfall. And so that was a really nice way to hype things up for Planetfall, which we will discuss next. And this week's Dev Diary talks about the Spacers, which is a minor faction in Age of Wonders Planetfall. And in Planetfall, you can befriend the factions and assimilate them into your group and get their units and vehicles and things like that. So it kind of describes a lot about this faction. And there's sort of the like uh, post-apocalyptic, um, you might think about them as gasoline punk faction, sort of like uh, right out of Mad Max. Think about mm, them get- like that. Gasoline punk. I like that. I like the sound of that. <laughs> yeah. So they ride around in dune buggies, which the dev diary calls pickup trucks, but they're not really pickup trucks. They're more like dune buggies. And uh, they've got wacky weapons just kind of improvised on them. And they run around uh, without T-shirts on. And they're all modified with uh, oh different types of uh, chemicals and... Um, cybernetic implants and so they're just kind of a wacko gonzo post-apocalyptic punk gang and i for one love this stuff right here like this is the kind of design work i've been wanting out of forex games since 2015 so it's great to see uh this type of thing in so let's talk about them just a little bit 
their units are super aggressive, uh, almost suicidal. And when one does die, they drop a totem. And it's hilarious because this faction is based not only like on the Mad Max, like uh, Desert Raiders. They're also based on like futuristic VR gamers. So when they drop this totem... <laughs> It looks like a skull on a stick with spikes. So, you know, what you would expect. But above it, it says 1UP, like you're in a video game. And that's sort of a rallying point for all the other spacers. And they get real riled up whenever they see one of those. And they get these extra bonuses because one of their buddies got killed. And now they're mad <laughs> about it. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, it's just they're they're more on the unserious side of things. Uh, and... Like, I, I kind of enjoy that. Um, like I mentioned, they have this thing called a truck, and it's more or less their assault cavalry. And the spacers use a lot of um, AoE explosion-type things. And they also have some psi abilities as well. Uh, they have a, a unit called, like, a, a prophet. And in another picture, it's called a mad preacher. And essentially, they can use their uh, power grip ability to, uh, I don't know, sort of, it looks like, it's not really well described here. It's basically, they can level up and can do lots of damage and this sort of thing. So anyway, um, this faction looks to be one of the more flavorful ones. Their their dwellings or like, you know, their nodes where you could um, find them uh, are built up like shantytowns. And you can go there and trade with them and, or, yeah, trade with them. And they might have, like, uh, leftover gear or something because they're, like, junkers, too. And so you can find, I don't know, parts or something that you might need for one of your unit or that sort of thing. Uh, th- you can get um, their operations from them. And so let me just describe one rule here is understanding the spacer philosophies is hard maintaining this mantra which is called mantra of the branded while keeping one's sanity is even harder the psionic support abilities grant effigy carrier that's like one of the profits uh a plus four strength uh and a chance to apply insanity to non-mindless units so like you can uh, assimilate assimilate these into your faction and use them i don't know to just go create chaos on the battlefield while your real units uh perhaps flag flank around and and do the real damage so i don't know the spacers they look really cool uh it's fun to see some real sort of uh cyberpunk post-apocalyptic design in a game and i gotta commend Mm-hmm. Uh, triumph for their aesthetic work on them. I I really dig diesel it. punk. Just call it what it is. Well, diesel I'm not sure punk. they're all diesels. Oh, just go with it. This is in in um 4x space where usually people balk at having something unique. Now we're finally getting some minor factions that are really unique. You have you have that in endless space too, but I don't think to this degree. No, these not guys even close. Really introduce. A lot of unique things that we've been asking for. Like whenever, you know, whenever we're talking about, oh, what we wish we had in 4X, we're like, oh, why can't they do this? Or why can't they do that? Well, we're getting a taste of it. Who knows? Maybe somebody will see this and they'll be like, oh, my God, that's amazing. We should totally do that next, you know? So 
it's it's cool. I agree with you. I'm really I'm really curious about some of the other manufacturers. I'm expecting them to talk about them more in the upcoming weeks. The game is, I think, at the point that the people hear it is just it's under a month from release, and um, Rob is saying that he's he's he has over and he has said this openly, so I'm going to repeat it. He has somewhere north of a hundred hours in the closed beta. Uh, we have some videos. By the time you hear it, we should also have a couple of more videos up. So definitely check them out on our channel that he put up. So uh, yeah, let's let's see where Triumph goes with this. Now, I had just the reason I mentioned Endless Space is not because I'm like gonna constantly plug Amplitude products because oh, I'm such a big fanboy, huge fanboy, which I am, and I'm a VIP there like in closed beta type stuff, which I am, but that's not why I'm plugging it. I'm plugging it because one of the things, to me at least, that makes Amplitude Studios really unique is like what they do with their lore. Like their endless games, you can say, you know, I've seen people say all kinds of things about Amplitude. Some people love the game, some people don't. Some people are like, oh, this game is, you know, there's so much cool stuff here, but it's too samey. Other people say, oh my God, there's so much cool stuff here. It's, I've never seen anything like it. It's the best ever. But no matter what, I've never heard anybody say, oh man, Amplitude, the lore is awful. They really don't know how to craft a good story. They can't spin a good yarn. I've never heard that. I'm sure now that I've said it, a couple of people will come out and say as much, which is what I, you know, part of the course. But they're having fun. So as part of their endless summer event, which was also coincided with the tail end of the Steam Summer Sale, they had they were last week we talked about they were giving away some classic Sega games because they're part of the Sega family. Sega bought out them, Creative Assembly, uh, just a couple other studios as well. So, anyways. What am I getting at? Well, where's the fun in this? Well, Jeff Spock, he's their lead narrative guy. He did a couple of videos, and basically these videos are how to make what's a, what are they called? It's called quality cocktails with Jeff Spock, and these are basically inspired by the various factions in their games. So you have um, you have Sofons, you have the Cravers, you have the Horatio, you have the His Show, and you have the Volters, and different cocktails inspired by that lore. And some of them are drinkable because he drinks them on video. Is like at the end of at the end of his show. Other ones not so much. And he's like, uh, I'm not drinking this. I don't even know what this is, but <laughs> it's fun. It's a Craver thing. They would love it. So definitely check it out. I I think you will you'll get a kick out of this. Their creativity is just just makes their games a pleasure. So I just I wanted to throw a little bit of uh, spotlight on it because normally when we're thinking studios, we're just thinking about the games. We never really think about the people that are behind the games, the ones that craft the stories, the ones that make it all happen. So this is one of those situations where they did. Now, uh, the next bit of news is for Stellaris. So recently we had spoken about patch 2.3.3. Well, Last week, this patch came out. It's gone live. It's out of beta. And they are continuing um, to fine-tune the Ancient Relic story pack. So they've been taking feedback. They've been taking comments about some of the... Basically, you have uh, archaeological digs. And some of the digs are really boring. And other digs are just the same. You know, there's nothing interesting. So they're con they're continuing to tweak it and and just whatever the feedback is coming back like okay we, we can do this or we can do that there's further balance going on there's again ui changes there's continued ai fixing 
Because another thing that I personally have not witnessed, because I've been actually playing 2.3.2, was passivity in the AI. But I don't know, maybe it's because I'm playing on such a difficult setting and I'm doing Iron Man. So I'm, you know, there's no passivity in my game whatsoever. But people are saying there were issues with that, like the AI wasn't building correctly and the AI wasn't doing this and doing that. So that's being addressed. They're continuing to tweak modding. There's additional works on stability and lots and lots and lots of bug fixing. And again, I, you know, I appreciate the hard work that goes into this. Um, we have an interesting conversation going on right now, just in general, in a couple of different threads about Paradox and their DLC. And the usual line has been drawn in the sand. And, you know, you have people going on one side and the other and commenting about not just here, but also on, from our last show, you know, on, on our, uh, the weekly exchange comments and on the website and in the Patreon, I mean, um, in the Discord channel, too. So there's conversation all over the place. And the conversation is about the policy. You know, what's the policy like? You know, do people like it? Do people hate it? And here's my thing. Yeah, there's a lot of DLC out there. And some of the DLC changes the game. The paid content changes the game so much that you can't even really play it anymore without it. But there's a significant amount of free content with each story pack or with each species pack. And I'm speaking about Stellaris here. With each... Um, like full expansion that they have, that they add whole mechanics, whole gameplay mechanics to the game. There's a lot of free content that comes with it. And that's, I think people forget that part. People assume that in this electronic age where everything is downloaded, oh, studios are going to just keep developing the game nonstop for 10 years for free because you paid one time and that's all you'll ever have to pay. Well, that's what modders do. But if you want the studio to keep putting time and effort into the game. Now, if the game is completely broken and doesn't work and like you buy it and it's just crashing and nothing, then yeah, of course you want them to fix it. You want them to give you a complete game. You want to get what you paid for. But to add content to their games two years, three years, five years, six years, seven years down the line, that is what we do is we buy the DLC. In exchange, they give us, you know, the content of the DLC and this free stuff. And I'm kind of in the middle. If it's content that I want... But it, you know, it's there's too much of it. Then I wait for a sale. I wait for fifty percent off. It's on a regular basis. A couple of months after release, you'll get this content for a great big discount. Sometimes it's stuff I don't want, so I don't get it at all. You know, but the game, the core game, is changing and it's growing. And sometimes it grows for the better. Sometimes not because you have, you know, prior to two there were a lot of changes. Since two there have been a lot of changes. And, you know, I'm kind of mixed feelings. And the fear now, you had spoken about Planfall, is what's going to happen with that? Because Triumph, their DLC policy was different. For Age of Wonders 3, they didn't really have DLC so much as they had full-blown expansions. But now, with their acquisition by Paradox, they're going to also have that similar DLC thing. And there's other studios like Creative Assembly does this stuff. So with their Total War games and, you know, all, I can just go... You know, keep going on and on. So, I, I mean, I don't know. How do you feel? I know, well, Okay. I know how you feel about Paradox. So, let's let's not retread that. What about, like, this particular DLC policy? Do you feel that, you know, it is well-earned, meaning that, you know, you get what you pay for or not? And specifically, when speaking about this Triumph Studios, have they released enough good stuff in the past for people now to give them you know, benefit of the doubt until they see what comes back from them? Or is it going to be like, no, Paradox Bottom and that's it? 
everything they release is going to be paradoxical. Paradox-like. <laughs> paradoxical. Um, I, I've never played a game that's had a lot of DLC or at least paid d- DLC. So uh, like Stellaris? A, You've played yeah, it. but I haven't played that since it came okay. out. Okay. So I I really can't say whether I like that policy or not. Um, I, I don't know. I guess Endless Legend I had a lot of DLC, and mm. I really felt that it was worth it. Okay. Um, because it was so well done. Right. So I guess in the end, I mean, that's what what matters most is is it being well done? Does right. Does it make the right. game better? Or does it make it worse? I think part of the problem with the Stellaris DLC thing is a lot of people felt it made the game worse and. Uh, there was no real good way to go back to the olden days, and right. people don't like that. So, uh, it, when it comes to Triumph, yeah, if Paradox is smart, they'll just let Triumph be Triumph and not mm-hmm. try to force them to be Paradox. And that's that's all the advice I would give them is just let Triumph do what Triumph does. They're already crazy successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and my, I wouldn't mess with that success. Age of Wonders 3 is an all-time classic. All-time yes. classic. In fact, the whole Age of Wonders series. Some people don't like all the games. Fine. Whatever. I think the whole series is uh, an all-time classic. Right up there with Master of Orion and Civ and Master of Magic and Gal Civ and all those. You know? So, <laughs> I I don't know. I just let them be who they are. Not worry about it. That's That's fair enough. All right. Well, let's see. Let's see how this goes. I mean, we're a month out, less than a month out from Planetfall. There's already a pretty heated discussion about pre-orders and things like that. And to see how things are going to be when the game releases. So, you know, I mean, I, I have trust in Triumph. They, I think Edge of Wonders 3 is a masterpiece. So I'm going to see where they go and what they do with Planetfall. But so far from everything I've seen... I'm really, really still, even this late in the game, I'm still hyped for Planetfall. All right. Well, let's go ahead and move on to Star Sector. I'm sorry, not Star Sector. Interstellar Space Genesis. I always get Star Sector and ISG messed up because ISG came from Space Sector. Oh, my goodness. This is tough. All right. So, anyway, bit of news from interstellar space genesis there's now a beta out they moved into beta which means everything's in the game except for a few graphical assets that's it so the beta branch or the beta version added uh, galactic council graphics event images leader animations and fixed a bunch of bugs and other issues and now it's pretty much the game as it will launch minus a few art assets uh Unfortunately, old saves from Alpha 2C won't work, but that's to be expected. Like, that's just going to happen. So anyway, Interstellar Space Genesis has come a long way from when we first reported it. And, man, we wish these guys the best of luck. Uh, they were in our shoes not too long ago. And we're just, I like, I'm really happy that they've made it this far and have, uh, are, have a chance to make their dreams come true. Absolutely. And I'm going to state this again. Myself, for me personally, I have no intention of creating a 4X game. So if anybody's hoping at some point that's what I plan to do, uh, no, don't worry about it. That's not happening. None of our uh, team has that skill at all. Well, well, that's you know that's not exactly true. Oliver could. He's has plenty of game design, like the way you're writing. Uh, he's been. We're talking about games. computer programming. No, no, here. no, no, no. I, look, you know, 
computer programming isn't just about sitting down and coding. You can hire people to code. You got to have that. That would turn out well. All right. Anyway, Nate, why don't you move on and start telling us about Astra Exodus? Well, the reason I'm speaking, you see, there's a reason you think what I just mentioned was like out of the blue, but it's not. And I'll, I'll tell you why. So we have Astra Exodus that was recently announced by Slytherin. Now, they're the publisher. So we have that game, right? It's a 4X. It's MO, like Master of Ryan 2, but you have real-time combat. So that's another difference from a lot of games that are turn-based. And, you know, not personally, I like turn-based because I want to be able to step away and come back and have the same thing. But, you know, I'm always willing to give something a chance if it looks like it works. Anyways, why am I speaking about this? So one of the members in our group who is... he hasn't posted a lot, but he's posted enough for me to remember his name. Turns out he's the main dev for this. And he's been posting in our group quietly and like lurking in threads and asking questions and talking to some of the other designers. And that's cool. I mean, you know, when we came up and Rob and I started all of this, in the back of our head, it was like, oh, maybe like a central place where different people get together and talk about this thing that they share. Well, there's a million places out there like that. There's like, you know, the big Reddit group or the Steam groups and dedicated websites and stuff like that. So we're kind of unique. And at the same time, we have quite a few developers talking to each other, even sometimes anonymously. And I and I find that really cool. So anyways, getting back to Astra Exodus, uh, they just published this past week, a week ago, actually, but it was so late that it got included in this show. They published the closed beta version 0.04.07, and basically it's just bug stuff. So if you are in the beta now, the beta is, I I don't know if it's still open, but it was open for people to sign up. I'm assuming it's probably still open. So if you want to sign up, we'll have a link to the game and you can check it out there and, you know, toss your name into the hat maybe you'll get in but it's it's cool it's really you know again something that was a plan and was imagined coming to fruition where developers are interacting with players and you know there's there's this synergy between the two and there's not enough of that i think in the game industry right now yeah i'm with you on that for sure uh next we're going to move on to star sector which i brought up just a second ago and now we're going to talk about it for real uh, this week we got a development diary from them talking about skills and story points. And if you're not familiar with what Star Sector is, it's a Space 4X. And it reminds me, like the aesthetics remind me a lot of Stars in Shadow, except it's darker and grittier, I would say. So anyway, this is an, an extremely lengthy developer diary so i'm going to try to distill it down for you some so there are four aptitudes in star sector combat leadership technology and industry and each one of those has um, five skills within it and each of those skills has two two sub skills to choose from if you choose one you can't choose the other Okay, one of those sub skills is kind of generic and gives you a bonus to a lot of different things. The other one is has a more narrow use, but within that narrow use is more powerful. And so that's how they're kind of balanced against each other, which is a very classic way to balance things. And uh, I, I approve that kind of design. So let's say you work up combat and you get all five sub skills in combat that you're allowed to pick. Well, what? Once you get all five picked, you can work your way back around 
and go through that aptitude line again. And so in theory, you could get all 10, but you have to choose one or the other of each of the five skills on your way up. So that's kind of interesting. So you designers always have to balance, you know, do I make my tech tree or skill tree or whatever a fork where if you choose one way, you can never go back or do I make it more like a menu and you just pick whatever you want whenever you want. And so this is kind of a hybrid of the two. And I think that's kind of innovative. Uh, one of the things that this dev diary also describes is story points. And I was kind of interested in that. What are story points? Story points are kind of like special experience points that you can accumulate. They're not common. They're more rare. But what you can do with them is kind of break the rules of the game, which is what great mechanics always do. A game sets up a set of rules, and then it gives you ways to break those rules under certain circumstances. So a story point will allow you, for instance, to reassign your skills. Like, let's say your level 2 skill in combat is something that you didn't really want now that you've played further into the game, and you want to go back and change that. Well, a story point can let you change that. A story point could also let you disengage from combat and save your ship. So you get yourself in over your head. Hey, I don't want to be here. I'm going to use a story point and uh, get out of here. A story point can integrate an AI core into a ship. And that makes the ship more or less unhackable. And it gives the ship an extra skill. And there's a lot of different things you can do with these story points. And so... Once again, I think that's really great and really cool. And then he goes on to describe, well, what if we run into this problem where people only want to save their story points to make um, like derelict ships from the ancient faction that's gone now usable? You can find them, but they're not usable. You can make a story point to attach your AI to it and um, get it flying again, which is which is cool. But that uses up your story point. Or let's say you want to escape from a combat, but it's not really key combat. You'd just rather not lose these ships because it's kind of a pain to build them again. Would, would a player really want to use a story point on that? Well, this story point system has a, a subsystem attached to it called bonus experience. And what that means is, if you use your story point for something that isn't as wide-ranging or powerful, you're going to get a certain percentage of the XP that it costs to buy those story points back. So, for instance, installing a permanent hull mod on a frigate, frigates are smaller ships, that would seem kind of um, a, a waste of a story point to put a hull mod on a small ship, but let's say you want to do it. Because uh, you've got this one frigate that's really good at, at scouting and you want to use him to coordinate the attacks of your big fleet. Well, you're going to get 75% of the XP required to get that story point back for putting the hull mod on a frigate. Let's say uh, you want to disengage from a fight for free. Well, you'll get 100% of the XP needed for that story point back. Or at least that's what it says here. 100% might be a little too much. You might want to think about making that 90%. That way there is a cost for doing it. But whatever. He can wor worry about the balance later on. And I really like this system too. Because what it means is players won't 
necessarily hoard their story points and never use them to do something cool because they're afraid of risking a limited resource. Now they're encouraged to go ahead and risk it to do something cool, but essentially what they get is a, a cooldown from using it again because they might have to earn an extra 25% of bonus XP to get the story point they used for their hall mod. So I think that's pretty smart design. Uh, so overall, like I said, you should check out the dev diary. Well, we'll eventually have it linked. But again, that's uh, Star Sector from Fractal Softworks uh, is the company making it. So anyway, uh, cool designs. Like they really thought this through and I'm impressed. I'm really impressed with it. He's been working on this for a long time too. So it's not like this is something that, you know, spur of the moment, boom, great idea. There it is. He's been fine tuning it, tweaking it for a while so now i don't know i mean i don't know if star sector is even a 4x or 4x hybrid it's definitely a very very deep strategy game right yeah ship combat you know it's it's like one of the games that falls right there in the middle so it's hard to i mean we'll kind of have to see when the game is fully out but i like covering it because not only does it have good design the the creator, the main, the only guy working on it, I follow him on Twitter and he's constantly posting all these interesting things on Twitter, you know, about game related and stuff like that. So I, I like seeing these things from him. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm always trying to get him attention where I can, because again, this, like you said, it's great design work. The I'm pretty certain it translates to also great gameplay. You know, it's hard to have a good design and have a poor game implementation when you are displaying your actual gameplay or snapshots of your gameplay on twitter you know yeah he has been working at this a long time hasn't he wow yeah he has he has so you know when it comes out it'll be yeah absolutely absolutely okay well speaking of another title i'm gonna briefly mention fantasy general 2 this is i still can't get the full scope on this is this going to be more for x like or more tactical strategy on the map because when i look at it when i so far the developer they've this is another game that's coming through slytherin as a publisher they have six videos posted and what i'm seeing makes me think of a cross between civ 5 civ 6 and warlock 2 as far as what it appears to be but it's based on the fantasy general series fantasy general 1 is a game i played many many years ago it's a fantastic game it has a lot of people that still play it it's, it's evokes a lot of emotions usually good ones usually like the people that talk about it they, they they're very fun so this past week there was a question one of the uh, emirates staff of explorminate he and i chris uh, we've been talking a lot about you know fantasy general because he's a huge fan he still plays and he asked me a question that i could not answer and he came back he sent me a text this week that pretty much says yep they just released what's going to be in the game. And there's the multiplayer update is going to have play by email multiplayer. And that makes me think that definitely turn. I mean, they said turn based, but you can't really do play by email and simultaneous turns or real time strategies. So having this feature play by email is great because it lets people play one game without being without playing at the same time you know you do your turn send off your save through the game to somebody else they do theirs and that's usually one of the core features that a lot of people ask for for 4x games but i don't know how many people actually use i've tried it a few times 
but sometimes the time between turns is so long that by the time I get the turn back, I, I, I don't remember what it is I was doing. So, you know, that, that kind of defeats the purpose. If you're not doing it, like having a turn every other day or something like that, it might, having that feature is as awesome as it is, that's not, like multiplayer, it's not something I'm going to use. So, okay, well, that was it. It was really quick little tidbit there. I don't even have a way to link the news item because I'm still looking for, you know, someone where it's posted officially. So I might ask Chris, maybe I'll get it through him. And uh, let's talk about this week's what is game. And that game is Godhood. And this game just got published a couple of days ago. And this is, well, it's in early access. It's it's not full out. It's in early access, but you can get it on Steam. And this is basically, if you are a fan of God games, this is another one, another one of those games. And you create your own religion, you guide your disciples, you manage holy sites, and indirectly. So a recent example of that would be Driftland. You control your people, and then there's turn-based combat so that's already a positive for me and um, it has it's it's a mythical setting obviously and i'm i'm kind of i know rob is is playing it i think we did a gay we gave out a key for our patrons so quick plug for our patrons rob when he came back on and took over the main role again he decided that he wants to do something cool for the patrons which i've been wanting to do forever but it's just like no time not enough time so he's doing it and we're gonna every month he's going to be giving out something else i think for next month it's going to be a key for uh age of wonders planet Paul. so if you're a patron supporter you get that access so anyways this past week he gave out a key for godhood and i'm not sure who won it but not too many of our patrons are participating on discord so you know something to consider right join our discord get your official blue name tag i guess would be the right way to describe it your highlight and uh throw your name into the hat for free keys so that's this week's what is again it's a god game it is it it kind of makes me think a little bit of goddess from a quick glance but uh hopefully it's nothing like goddess because i utterly hate that game and peter molyneux forever has joined my e my there's a couple of developers and a couple of studios that are in a special folder that i um don't want to say on air but there's profanities before during and after when peter molyneux has joined them he has he has shamed himself with his conduct of late of past couple of years four years five years anyways that was our game for what is this week now there's a new feature on steam you want to talk about it real quick troy yeah this is really interesting uh Steam has introduced an interactive recommender. And what they've been doing in the background now for a good long while is gathering data on players' habits. And from that data, they have taught an AI how to recommend game. The recommender has a couple sliders on it. And this is very basic. Two sliders. One on one end of one slider, you have popular. On the other end of that slider, you have niche. And on the other slider, you have older on one end and newer on the other. And you can use those to kind of uh, filter out a recommend list for your games. And how does it build the recommend list? Does What's going on here? Well, what what this recommender does is it looks at your game library and it looks at 
all the different games you have played and how many hours you've spent playing those games. It doesn't look at things like tags. It doesn't look at things like um, review scores or number of reviews. It doesn't look at anything like that. It looks at, well, when it comes to popular and, and niche, it looks at number of owners, like just the raw, how many people own it, how many people have played it, not how many people have ever reviewed it, or how high its Steam score is, none of that. How many awards it's won, none of that. None of that at all. And when it comes to older, newer, it's very obvious. How recent was the release date? And I don't know if it includes early access or not. So I'm going to think that maybe it doesn't. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, anyhow, another interesting thing about this recommender is it has an AI that builds custom trailers for you. So like when you populate your recommended list and you hover over a game, it will take all of the images and all the trailers that the company has uploaded or that other players have um, uploaded. Like, you know how you can upload images. You know, you can take a screenshot and it will build a trailer just for you on what it thinks you would want to see in a game, which is really fascinating. So uh, I tried it out for myself. And you can filter games by tags. Like if you only want to look at strategy games, you can do that. Or you only want to look at multiplayer games, you can do that. Or you can just leave those blank. Because again, it's not populating your search according to tags or Steam scores or any of that. It looks at your library, hours played, and then what you've decided on those two sliders. So I've kind of uh, put my uh, slider a little bit towards niche and a little bit towards newer. And I'm and I filtered games by strategy, and I want to exclude massively multiplayer games. And so I'm looking at what Steam chose for me. And here I'm just going to read you what I've got. I've got Pax Nova, Deity Empires, Ancient Frontier. Ancient Frontier, Steel Shadows, Gladius, and Battletech, and that's the first few. And you know what? Mm. Those are the types of games I'd probably be interested in. I've never heard of Ancient Frontier, mm. which is I... great, um, because it shouldn't just recommend to me games that I know. And so I'm looking at this, and it's a strategy RPG, which probably is in my list, because I have a lot of hours in Thea 1 and in Thea 2. So it says, well, maybe he likes strategy RPGs, which is a fine well, guess by an AI. It's, it's a space game, though. Yeah, it is. Well, yeah, so I got space games, too. I played a lot of Endless Space 2, Predestination, oh, um, this, Apollo this is, 4X. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> it's not Apollo 4X. Don't even, don't, don't even, that was, no. I, I have the game. It's it's good. It's actually... Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, it's um, the closest thing to it. Well, literally... A different version of it is Battlestar Galactica, that the one that's out right now. That Battlestar Galactica is the closest thing to it, where it's uh, pa it's real time, but it's we go. So you select your where your you know what your ships are gonna do, and then you press end turn, and then all ships move at the same time. So if you like the combat is really really good. Now the rest of the game around it is okay. But the combat itself is phenomenal. I haven't played Steel Shadows. I played Ancient Frontier. I haven't played Steel Shadows, which is either like a full-blown expansion or like essentially Ancient Frontiers 2. So I think it's the I think uh, Steel Shadows. I think it's an expansion, like a full-blown standalone expansion. 
but it's really good. It's like if you like space combat, you want tactical space combat with firing arcs and making sure you you know your ships are facing the right way and things like that. This is this is the game for you. Yeah. So uh like I kind of have to compliment Valve here. This looks pretty good. I'll probably I might actually use it someday, unlike their current method of recommending games to me. I never even look at. Honestly, I, I get games that I'm interested in from Explorminate. Our forums and what comes up on the weekly exchange is probably the best source of games I'd like than than anything else. But this isn't bad. Like I really wouldn't have known about Ancient Frontiers, Nate, or Ancient Frontier if it hadn't been for this. And now that you play it and know about it, I might be more interested in it. So yeah, yeah, I I, I gotta hand it to them. Like it seems to work. It seems to mm-hmm. work pretty well. And it you can exclude your wish list. Like if you're looking for things that you've never heard of that maybe just came out. Um. There you I go. Will, I would use my wish list to fine tune this this algorithm because I already know what I want off of my wish list. But if I want to find other games that are like games on my wish list, but because Valve has, or in this case Steam, has so many new games being introduced every day that it's impossible to go through them. This thing, this formula, this you know learning AI, this algorithm is exactly what we're looking for. And here's the thing, is that this is what we've been asking for for years, a a way to filter out all the garbage and detritus and crap that is thrown at us on a regular basis. Because I would eliminate first-person shooter, I would eliminate MMO, I would eliminate 99% of the games that Steam throws at me. You know, If I could eliminate a genre of games which is done by like asset flips if there was a way to label something an asset flip anything that says asset flip is gone you know that that should probably eliminate about two-thirds of the crap on steam right now so yeah so definitely very very curious to see what they do with this and i think with that we're done with all the newsy type stuff unless you have something else you wanted to mention nope all right so what have you been playing this week uh i play just a little bit of World of Tanks Blitz, which, mm-hmm. like, I'm surprised going back to the uh, recommender real quick. Like, I've got more hours in World of Tanks Blitz than the rest of my library combined. So I'm really surprised that it didn't really throw off, like, the the search results. And I think that's a real testament to Valve's uh, refinement of that AI because why aren't things like Dota 2 or Warframe or something like that in here? Right. World of ships or world of planes. World of warships. World of warships. Yeah, it world just of got planes, ended up on uh... Steam. Yeah, so yeah, you'd think that those types of games, but it's not. It's mostly strategy games, which is what I prefer. Like Blitz is an outlier for me, so I did play a little bit of that. But I also played a lot of Thea Two, and still um, enjoying it. Uh, yeah, I'm loving it. I'm working on the main quest now. Ooh, Hopefully, we'll see fun. if I can. We'll see if I can finish it. I don't know. Hopefully, I haven't messed it up because I'm coming back to it pretty late in my game. Mm. No, no. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I I don't want to spoil anything. My biggest complaint is in the later game, Mm -hmm. uh, the optimization isn't very good, and I've pretty Mm. much isolated it to uh, gathering Mm. items. Like that's mm. where the game really seems to have its uh, its real problems mm. because if you have a lot of characters, let's say you have a town or a village, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you've got two different expeditions, right? And mm-hmm. so you've got 
a lot of different gatherers in a lot of different locations gathering a bunch of stuff. And maybe mm-hmm. you have some people who are also refining some of that stuff that's getting gathered mm-hmm. into tier four and tier five resources, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like that really slows the game down. I, d- yeah. I did an experiment where I just took everybody off gathering for mm-hmm. a few turns. Just nobody's gathering anything. And like turns were processing in, in moments. So that's where Muha Games really needs to focus their optimization efforts. I think in specifically gathering, because like refining materials or even uh, crafting, like you don't do that a whole lot. You got to do it some, but you're constantly gathering. Like especially in summer, where you get half an experience point per turn for each character that gathers, like. During summer, you really want to have a lot, as many people as pop- possible gathering, especially if you got some low-level characters. You need to, you need them to catch up. So anyway, that that's my biggest complaint right now. Is this, the game could use some more optimization. But man, I'm having a blast. What about you? What have you played? I played a little bit of Spider-Man on my PS4, and that's it. I've I thought I was gonna get a chance to play this week. I did not. I am back, full blown back. All day long, all night long. By the time, you know, the the evening wraps up, I'm just hitting the bed and I'm out. Like, I think by the third breath, I'm out cold. And then next day, wake up, boom, okay, new day, lots of stuff to do. Better get to it, you know? So, yeah, not too much time for anything. And, like, with Rob coming back and him taking a lot of this load off of me, it's been a godsend. Because I was really, like, the last couple of months, I was really stressing out over Exploraminate because, like, there's all these things I want to do, just no time to do it. And you know how it gets. Like, as things start backing up, the longer the backlog, the harder it is to jumpstart and do things. So now I can get back to, like, a few edits. So in the next two weeks, I think we have two reviews popping up. And that's aside from anything that Rob is doing. So this is stuff that we've been working on in the background. And then maybe I'll get a chance to get back and work on the review on Aggressors Ancient Rome because I'm like almost like a year behind on that. And I feel so bad for the dev. It's, it is a really, really good game. And it's it's got a lot of elements that I want from 4X games. I mean, again, you know, graphically speaking, it's not bad. It's not my cup of tea for, like, graphics. So if anybody's wondering what I think of the graphics, it is not a beautiful game for me. But mechanically But it's also not cartoonish. No, 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 no. It's not low fidelity or anything like that. No, the graphics are not bad at all. This game does not need to have endless legend graphics. Right, right. Or Planifall or even even Fallen Enchantress or Civ or, or even games that aren't on that level. It doesn't need super duper graphics it's not cartoonish it's the the graphics in the game are fine i like what happens when the units get damaged i like like yeah that is cool you know that's that's especially yeah yeah you like usually you don't see that in 4x games in here you know they, they do a good job with that so that's not it it's just it is a complex game and i had stepped away from it for like four or five months and when i fired up my old save i'm like i don't understand what is happening here what is happening like you know it's just when you're not, this is the thing, this is another thing. I mean, we, we talk about it from time to time, but here's the truth. When you're working on multiple reviews, if you're not in the moment and you're not working on a review, when you just pick it up to look at it, you're like, I don't know what's happening here. I don't even remember what I was trying to say. No matter how many notes you make yourselves and how detailed an explanation you have, until you're playing and you're deep into it, it's hard to like suss out those details. So 
I want to work on this review. I have a few minutes. I fire up the game and I'm like, oh God, I forgot how to play. So you're relearning on what all these different cues and there's a lot of user interface stuff. That's that's one thing where I think aggressors could you could use is a little bit better user interface. But I can't even tell you what because I haven't played. So I'll I'll make sure that once the review is done, that's part of it. But game wise, it's a really good game. I've not seen too many people trashing it no, on it. You know, the hardcore gamers, all the ones I know, they're like, man, this game is fantastic. And the people that are casuals are like, this game is really cool. It's too complex for me. And it's like, well, you know, that's fair enough. You know, not every game is for everybody. So hopefully I'll get back to that. But yeah, like seriously, I, I don't think I even got on Steam once. Th- so I picked up a few things on the sale that I was looking for. But once I got that, I haven't been on Steam in a week since last Monday. So yeah, more than a yeah week. I know you had a really busy week. Wow. Is there so, anything else you'd like to say before we close this one up? Yes, two things. First thing is that, as I said earlier, Rob is definitely taking charge and you're going to keep seeing changes. He, uh, he posted up the At The Gates review and it's with a newer format. I'm still kind of on the fence about it. I'll have to keep looking at it and I have to see another review with it on it. But I like I like his ideas. But again, our old way of doing things was so time consuming, it was insane. So if Rob finds a way to streamline it, and still have good edits so you know the writing is consistent the message delivered is done in a good way and it's an interesting review and we can shorten the process i'm all for it i'm absolutely all for it i think under my stewardship the reviews got too complex and too too much like a professional journal entry and like all these details and it was just people like were just like oh my god we don't need too much information and so we'll see we'll see how that goes so there's going to be changes check out the at the gates review he also started an age of wonders planet fall that he got permission to post so check them out that's also going to be linked in in the notes and um so there's changes coming for sure and the next thing is a huge huge thank you to our patrons you all make this possible thank you so much we appreciate you Stay tuned, get your access on Discord because that automatically enters you into the monthly giveaways that Rob is doing. And I'm I'm going to post another key in there. I'm not going to tell you what game it is. Just grab the key, activate it. If it's a duplicate of something you have, then you'll know what it is. If it's not, you'll get a game. So, you know, no sweat off of anybody's back. So in our uh, patrons-only Discord channel, there's going to be all kinds of stuff going on. So thank you to all our patrons. Thank you to our community. Thank you to everybody. And that's it. I'm done. You? No, that'll be it. We'd just like to thank everyone for joining us this week. We really enjoyed having you with us. This has been Troy and Nate for Explorbinate. Take care, everyone. See ya.